to Splash of Cinema. I'm John. I'm Pete. And uh, welcome to our show today. Today we're going to be covering uh, Christmas movies. Yep. Quick quick uh, shout out before we start to uh, Hubie Halloween Superfan for the very nice email you sent our account. Thank you very much, Hubie <laughs> Halloween Superfan. Uh, we took your input into account. Some hopefully, really good suggestions. Though. Yeah, hopefully you can see uh, what you suggested in our show today. And we're excited, so let's get into it. We're going to be covering holiday movies. We're going to be covering your favorite holiday movies. Uh, the genre is a little specific, so there's not that much to choose from. Uh, so let's start it out with a classic, Home Alone. Thoughts on Home Alone, John? The Home Alone movies are are Christmas classics, but I think they're more classic for uh, Macaulay Culkin, just like little kid. I think he's one of the most famous child actors yeah, just for yeah. that performance. How he takes down the two villains and and the little kid wins the day. Um, and while it's it's set at a Christmas setting and that's important to the plot, that's not really the point of the movie. Yeah, but Home Alone's just a good. Yeah, movie. it's just a feel good movie. Uh, directed by John Hughes. No, it wasn't directed by John Hughes. He he had written it. John Hughes had written it. Uh, it was directed by some other guy. It was his first project feature film. I think he did a great job. I mean, it's a classic. Obviously, Macaulay Culkin, he's adorable. We all know that. Not so much uh, anymore. But. <laughs> not so much anymore, no. Uh, but, I mean, also having Joe Pesci in the movie makes it ten times better. Oh, I, cu- yeah. I couldn't imagine if it was, what's his name? And John Candy was featured in the film. John Candy was featured in the film. John Hughes used John Candy a lot. Uh, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck was Macaulay Culkin's yeah. uh, movie before Home Alone 1. He was in that as well. Uh, he hasn't didn't do much after that one of the most famous child stars but like you said yeah i don't think the christmas setting really matters uh to the story it's just snowy and he uses the ice to his advantage and yeah uh that's pretty much it uh he's just away from his family during the christmas season which obviously you spend with your family so and i always like to think did the did the kid have sadistic tendencies in his desire to take down the villains because he did he did take them down in a really demeaning way and he probably could have done it much easier by like calling the cops or something yeah yeah he could have done the rational thing but i mean kevin McAllister is just insane he's a great planner for his age really skilled at that age i'd say so i mean yeah that's i think i think he did want to like be like hey like you're trying to break into my house. This is not cool. He's very protective of his... He's the king of the castle. King of the castle. <laughs> so, you know, he wants to protect that by all means. And that's, I think, one of the few movies in which the sequel was almost as good as the first one. The sequel is super well done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is one that I really like. I think, like you said, the sequel did do... Not better, but I enjoyed the sequel just as much as the first one. I mean, yeah. pretty parallel plot as to what happens gets lost joe pesci and what's his name david stern is that it i don't actually know okay but he he was pretty big for his time but they they're in new york somehow come shows them who's boss pretty much not even his house this time we have a donald trump appearance so it's i there was that meme circling that you wanted to bring up about this uh, have you the meme in which when joe biden after the presidential election defeated trump they said uh Parks and Recreation star Joe Biden defeats Home Alone 2, lost to New York star Donald Trump. That's great. That's great. Uh, love a good meme. Love a good meme that circles the film community. And I thought it was funny because I totally forgot that Trump was in that movie. As well as Rob Schneider. We have a Rob Schneider. There is a Rob Schneider. And appearance. a Tim Curry appearance as well. Uh, it's Macaulay Culkin again. He's adorable. Does the same exact thing. But 
some t- some even better ways that he knocks these uh, robbers out. And I think the Home Alone series has a lot of pop culture impact on these days. So if you haven't seen the movies, you'd probably get some references if you did watch them. And they're just pretty enjoyable, feel good films. Like it's not they're not super well done cinematically or anything, yeah, but but the plot and the the screenplay and I don't know the props that he uses are. are yeah. very effective yeah so. yeah definitely the story uh so the next one we're gonna get into, into is elf uh will ferrell movie we've mentioned on the pod how much we like will ferrell and personally i think this is my favorite movie of the t- christmas movie of the 21st century up to this point yeah it's definitely the most after 2000 it's it's probably the best christmas movie i've seen will ferrell carries the comedy of the film as he typically does in his films and this is one of his uh, iconic lead performances in which he gets to shine um it's will ferrell's take on christmas and it's to be expected hilarious um that and bad santa are probably the two like really funny yeah christmas yeah films yeah it, yeah in terms of christmas films like the co- comedy and christmas films like you said bad santa billy bob thornton that's like very inappropriate it's very funny it's good but then you have like some like elf that it's more family oriented i'd say i wouldn't say i wouldn't call it as like crazy vulgar but i mean he toes the line in that in that film between like uh insinuating like adult jokes but also doing his like childish humor that just delights everybody yeah yeah definitely uh the elf what's your favorite color like there's a lot of classic scenes in that movie mm -hmm, yeah and also uh zoe deschanel performance i could see that leading to her getting the role of new girl uh who knows? But that was one of her first. I forgot she was in the movie. She's really good. Yeah, yeah she is really good in that movie. That was one of her first ones, uh, as well as James Caan from uh, The Godfather. He plays the father in that movie. So got some big stars for the time. I believe it was 2004 that Elf was released. So see a lot of those stars now even rising. I mean, Will Ferrell's still as big as he was in 2004. It's the American, the American spirit of New York City and the Empire State Building meets a human in elf form and that makes for a great combination a delightful film yeah definitely definitely uh so for the next one we're gonna bring it back a little to the 1940s it's it's a wonderful life starring jimmy stewart obviously huge in hitchcock films but this one this was one of his first movies uh just a great feel-good movie yeah yeah and and this was frank capra's most probably most famous Mm -hmm. movie not at the time it actually really wasn't well received in the 1940s um it came out in 46 i just looked it up but since then it's been one of those movies that's like played on tv every year and it's come to be defined as like probably the most like feel-good heartfelt christmas film um it's got deep religious undertones to it and it's shot in black and white they did make a color version but Mm -hmm. i personally prefer the black and white film because that's how it was made and it adds that old old timey effect. Um, it's definitely you can tell it's it's set in the old days. Like I think uh, one of the major plot lines revolves around World War Two and his brother returning home from World yeah, War Two. Yeah. Um, but you can find that Christmas film on almost any if if you're if you're watching TV around the holidays, you can find that just popping up over and over on different channels. I think it might be on Netflix now too. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, I know they bring it in and out of streaming services, but. I mean, like you said, just a great feel-good movie. Uh, for the time, it, it was. Sh- I thought it was shot well. Like even the gym scene where they're like in the pool, I thought that was really well shot for the time. 
ahead of its time. I mean, Jimmy Stewart, he's like one of the most loved actors of the 20th century, I'd say. Yeah, for like, sure. Like he's just he people love him. Uh puts forth like a puts forth a good performance for the time. Uh obviously acting's evolved since then, but and I think this is another one that uses its plot and Christmas to be like, "Oh, like I have to realize like the importance of all this." And I think it kind of heightens the plot a little. Whereas, I mean, I feel like you could set this around not a holiday time, but, you know, like... The it, Christmas at the end and everyone... Yeah, like, it, it adds to it, definitely. Uh, I think this movie, maybe not as well-received, but definitely still famous if it had taken place. And and I think the famous. similar thread between all these films we've talked about so far and the rest of the films we're going to talk about is that Christmas is used to, like, heighten the emotions of the of the plot and that... And and all all these films they they want to realize what the true meaning of Christmas is, because um, sometimes we forget with the commercialization and things. Yeah, yeah. What Not, it's supposed to be. Yeah, like with with like thing. presents and like even like with the PS Five. Like I've seen all those <laughs> like all the memes and stuff where it's just like, Mom, if I don't get a PS Five, like it just becomes so like Christmas has just become this thing that it's like so tangible. Like you get these gifts, but like the real meaning I think is expressed through these movies of like family, like acceptance all that stuff you know another thing a lot of these like christmas actors tend to be like one-offs like this is their one christmas film so i think a lot of actors in their career at least want to try to do one christmas film just because like during the holidays these are the films that everyone watches and Mm -hmm. they have all these films have a lot of high rewatch value just because around the season you're like feeling sentimental and want to watch these films again it's a Wonderful Life, like, in my family, at least, it's a tradition to watch that movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it is in a lot of other families across America. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the next one we wanted to bring up, a lot of dispute over this one, whether it's a Christmas movie or not. Oh, it's a Christmas movie. You think it's a Christmas movie? Okay, <laughs> yeah. we're calling it a Christmas movie for the sake of today. It's Die Hard. Uh, Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, classic movie, John McClane, being a badass taking down the german terrorists yeah yeah maybe maybe that's the christmas message it's like let's be nationalists let's kill a bunch of let's, people let's be nationalists <laughs> yeah nah, nah. nationalists take on christmas <laughs> the the new york city cop or whatever yeah like it's it's just i mean that that situation is just insane like just it it's a great like action movie it's it's an yeah. awesome action movie it's a classic um you got alan rickman as the bad guy and he's classic oh yeah yeah um rest in peace alan rickman he was a great great actor one of the best voices i would say like physical pres his physical presence was also very large because he was like he was like a big dude but also his voice is just like i mean even in harry potter you see like the the effect of his voice throughout the movie and you also have so many uh great like iconic lines from bruce willis in that film he has so many of those scenes in which he like just charges the bad guys or like Mm -hmm. doesn't give a doesn't give a damn yeah yeah and i think i think this plot line of like just the expert soldier being trapped in a situation has been replicated so many times like i know this isn't a good example but like paul blart mall cop like, yeah it's a similar it, vibe though. it's yeah i would call that a parody of that he's like, not like dumb no like paul blart is yeah. he doesn't get into like dumb luck situations but that's probably is kind of a parody of die hard yeah if you if you look at it that way yeah like it's this big it, in Paul Blart, it's a mall, but like it's a hotel in Die Hard, so it's like just this huge place. And I mean, yeah, if you look at it that way, but yeah, yeah. And while we're calling it a Christmas movie, if you are looking for one of those movies that like brings about the Christmas spirit or like is very heartfelt, Die Hard's not the film to watch. Because no, no. 
it's only associated with Christmas because it's like set at the time of Christmas. It does a few references, but it has absolutely no like meaning of Christmas. <laughs> no, not or, at all. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> or reason for the season, I'll call it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he like he captures hostages, but yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't call that you know the welcoming Christmas spirit. It's like he has to do it. There's not really. I mean, there is mention of Christmas in this movie, but it, it's not a huge plot point at all. And it's a tip. It's one of those classic, like, 1980, I think it was made in 88, like, action-type scenes. Like, you won't see the types of uh, explosions and special effects that you'll see, like, today. But for the time, it was it was really well done. And Die Hard's come to be known as, like, one of those, like, macho man classic films yeah yeah that uh, all the action buffs can be like oh it's a christmas movie yeah, yeah. we're just gonna call it because we support you guys out there so probably the only action christmas movie and the best one i'd say uh, yeah so transitioning onto that the next one is a christmas story uh pretty classic movie another tv staple yeah, around yeah. the time uh really like we mentioned with it's a wonderful life maybe a traditional thing in some households i know tnt it is they play it all christmas day which is insane they keep replaying it some classic scenes in that movie santa claus saying you'll shoot your eye out uh you the, know the red rider bb gun the red rider bb gun uh just ralphie as a character again like home alone centers around this adorable kid around christmas time and his family uh the leg lamp some of the oh that's yeah that's a big i I see that lamp in windows yeah that's a big comedy thing uh, among adults i'd say i think they're more keen to the comedy and a christmas story uh i mean sure it is funny like i do find it funny but i don't think it hits our generation more than those above us definitely it's it's also another like older it caters to the older audience like the dad is like one of those classic like men like keeps all his feelings down and like just cares about looking good so that his yeah. neighbors will be impressed. And, yeah, like, I would say there are like some prototypical characters in that. Like even yeah. even the bully Scott Farkas, you know, it's just like he's a bully. Like that's who I'd picture a bully to be. And like there's the bully. There's like Ralphie and his friends were the nerds, so to say. Like you said, like the misogynistic father. Like very midwestern it is too so i think it has some good redeeming elements definitely it's it's a super realistic christmas film too at least to Mm -hmm. like the american experience from what i found unlike home alone or like die hard where there's completely contrived like plots that would never happen in any circumstance a christmas story is like a pretty normal story of a kid just like trying to find his way and like get his he's all he thinks about is like the gift that he's gonna get at the end yeah yeah um, one of the first coming of age films maybe arguably it is it is a coming of age film although at the end i don't know does he really come of age but that's a christmas story is another film that i'd be surprised if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it at this point yeah um it's another film with high rewatch value and not once again not cinematically like a beautiful or anything but it's a classic and it's got some funny moments it's got some heartfelt moments and it's got some some important pop culture references yeah definitely uh and like even to see then like how popular the radio was it like gives i think it gives like a realistic uh look on like the home sort of i mean i'm not like i'm not analyzing this critically or anything like the point of a christmas (laughs) story is to be entertained i'm just saying like you just see like how like the technology of the time it's like we don't see many movies from the 50s i'd say yeah like and it's cool to see that especially in like a small ohio town uh for a christmas story so 
I definitely think you could get into it like critically about how like maybe the bar of soap is a metaphor for like yeah yeah but this... but I don't think the the directors or anyone that made the film have any intention of of it being analyzed like oh that. no not at all uh, I think it is just like you said an entertaining movie that you know you watch every watch every year with your family yeah uh, so the next one we're gonna cover is Scrooged uh, it's a Bill Murray film. I, I like it. it. I think it's good. It, the guy's the guy's a dick. Like, it's like a modern take on on the the classic Scrooge story. Like, isn't he like a television exec? Yeah, he's or? a he's a TV exec, uh, and you know he's just a terrible person. And then these three modern day ghosts, based off of uh, Christmas Carol, come in, and you know I'd say it's good. Like it's There's, just it's just that, do they use CGI in that film? What's the animation style? And that's definitely like like we talked about a couple times already. Every actor tends to want to do a christmas film mm. that's bill murray's take yeah on that's christmas. bill murray's yeah he's still around he's kicking but this is an older film on the rocks yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. some sofia coppola love there it's it's just a modern take on like a classic christmas story yeah i don't but, even know who wrote scrooge and Ebenezer uh, christmas and... carol i think that was charles dickens oh yeah, yeah of course yeah so charles dickens just like a modern take on it there's plays on that every year yeah it's a, it's, it's a pretty popular another pretty popular like, christmas time story and that's mm-hmm. just a one of the movie adaptations of yeah it. There, oh there's, there's so many. many there's so many uh like even the they're still doing like the animated scrooge yeah, yeah they're yeah, still yeah. doing like animated scrooge movies yeah you got the the three ghosts like the ghost of christmas present the ghost of christmas past yeah the ghost of christmas future or whatever mm-hmm. the yeah. little kid with like what whatever disease what disease does he have like benjamin button's disease or whatever oh little just, tim like, or tiny yeah tim tiny whatever. tim yeah, yeah yeah and like you know the scrooge hat it's like i would say though scrooge is more of a dark take on christmas oh stuff. it's definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, there's definitely even some of the characters in that like the one cab driver like he's just like uh like it's like oh that guy. yeah he's he just always like, creeps me out yeah he, it's like it's, it's like pretty creepy you know it, i'd say this is less of a family movie than the ones that we've previously mentioned uh i think it caters more towards like if you were if you're a big bill murray fan you'll like this movie uh pretty much all bill murray Kind of plays a one-dimensional character, but... I mean, Bill Murray's doing Christmas movies. That's cool. Uh, like we said, I think an actor... Some actors just want to do one of those. Love Actually has a lot of actors. Uh, I know it's another Christmas movie. Written by the the famous British rom-com writer Richard Curtis, who also wrote, like, Notting Hill and About Time and, and the Bridget Jones movies. That's set at the Christmas time, and it is another one of those, like, reason for the season movies. But that just features, like, a a dynamite cast of like the most famous british actors some of them i think alan rickman's in that one again Mm -hmm. um a hodgepodge of different plot lines that all converge at the end i mean that's that's pretty standard for that director uh yeah i mean a lot of his movies are like that but like you said again like the christmas thing is definitely like a background backdrop on like the plot and everything and it definitely contributes to it you get to see hugh grant as the prime minister of britain with his like having his like naughty flick with his secretary or whatever <laughs> just like classic hugh grant character mom's everywhere loving him you know that's that's what hugh grant's for you also have liam neeson in that movie yeah there's i mean just a crazy cast kira knightley uh the guy who's the lead in the uh walking dead he's he's in it in a pretty decent role yeah. but yeah so got a lot of actors in that uh and that brings us to 
a franchise of Christmas films, which we'll all address as a whole, the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies. Yes, yes. I just wanted to mention, because I don't think people know, Tim Allen was once busted for cocaine trafficking. I think people, you guys need to know that your dream Santa, the Tim Allen character, he's gotten involved in some other types of snow, and um, <laughs> he somehow got off of, like, dealing multiple many kilos of cocaine I actually did to becoming not. a famous actor and i just i told pete that and he he was kind of aghast at the beginning but. yeah you know tim allen he's i seems like a guy with a pretty clean record but i guess i mean that's crazy that's, and now he tries to come off of like one of those like american dad types yeah like, i mean like with home improvement or that's what's called right home improvement yeah. yeah but if you look up online tim allen mugshot you can find some uh some kind of grainy photos of him back in the 70s with a mustache uh, holding his little thing that says Sheriff's Department, Kalamazoo, Michigan, um, from when he got busted trafficking cocaine. Oh, okay, I have seen that picture. John is now showing me that. Not my Santa. Not my Santa. Uh, but, I mean, the Santa Claus... I that just... franchise is, is pretty well done. Yeah, it... it's pretty decent. Uh, they worked Jack Frost into the later ones. Yeah, I think uh... it got bad once it like tried to introduce the the like other holiday hero types like the easter bunny and the sandman and like yeah just i i didn't think that was a good move but you know the like growing up it was something to watch as a kid um around the season and it's got rewatch value just because it's centered on christmas now this one is is not really about the season it's about the character of santa claus mm-hmm. and and there's been many many different ki- takes on like how santa claus came to be and how his operation operates in the North Pole. Like, does he use elves? Does he use humans? Does he do it all himself? How does he actually get the gifts around the, the globe? How does he get down the chimney? There's so many unanswered questions about Santa. Yeah. It gives all these these films a breathing room. And, and the, the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies definitely address that. Um, if you're bored around the holiday season, I would take a look at them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't call them great movies by any no, means. No, no, like, they're not great. No, it's, they're not. It's something to watch. Yeah, Christmas and then, time. you know, Martin Short gets into the third one as Jack yeah. Frost, and it's like, they, they might have gone a little too far in making these. It's like Home Alone. Like, Home Alone 1 and 2, good. But Once then, they switch the kid. Yeah, then they switch the kid, and it just got terrible. Macaulay Culkin carried that franchise. Yeah, so. yeah. That was... Uh, that was didn't just they so, not have joe pesky anymore joe they pesky didn't have anymore, joe pesky either? anymore they just did they just redid it with they were like characters. let's try they to incorporate technology the into it that's yeah. what they did they incorporated technology into the like uh the macaulay culkin character getting these robbers and it just did not work uh and i think they might still be making home alone movies I, I think, who knows who knows I, I saw the third one once and i was like i'm never gonna see it again i still watch one and two over and over when i can yeah, I mean, if they're on, yeah, I'll watch it. But like in terms of Santa Claus, if that's on TV, I'm scrolling right by it. Yeah, like, at it, this point, I've seen him enough. Uh, yeah, same. Oh. I've seen him enough. Uh, just like a normal guy becoming Santa, that's not really realistic. Uh, yeah, no. If you look at it that way. But I mean, is Santa realistic in the first place? <laughs> I mean, we don't know that we don't know the age demographics of our of our audience here. But yeah, Hubie Halloween super fan, if you're out there and and your little kids are listening to this podcast. We apologize for uh, ruining Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Santa Claus doesn't exist. Probably. I probably. Mean, I Who knows? Who knows at this point? I mean, also, I wanted to bring up, like, I don't know if you like these, but, like, the Family Guy 
episodes focusing on Christmas and like the Simpsons stuff. I don't know if you like those. Oh, I love those. My go-to at this time is the Office Christmas episodes. Yes. I'll, I'll yes. cycle through them. Always, always. Uh, some classic stuff All there. All the different themed Christmases. I mean, TV, that's a good big way to, like, you know, you already have these characters who people like. And they're just like, hey, like, let's do this. It's a huge money grab, I'd say, for... It's pretty popular in the comedy genre. Like, almost every comedy show has one or two Christmas episodes. They often do, like, spoofs on stuff like concepts like Santa Claus and the reason for the season. Yeah, but that's about it, I'd say, uh, in terms of Christmas stuff. That brings us to our hidden gem of the week, which is another Christmas film. Um, came out in 2019 was nominated for Best Animated Feature at the last Oscars. Um, I actually have my brother here with me to talk about it. Yeah, uh, I have I have not seen Klaus, so I'm going to turn this over to Will Bodeman. He was on episode three of Splash Cinema, where we covered the A24 movies, and him and John are going to discuss Klaus. Well, first of all, I just want to th- say uh, thanks for having me back. I appreciate being on the show. There's some great content, and, you know, there's some great discussions that... I really enjoy having with you fellas. So, we wanted to bring Will back to talk about this film um, because Pete, ha- like he said, hasn't had a chance to see it yet. I'm sure that will be remedied soon. But this is this is definitely a hidden gem because not many people know about it, despite its critical acclaim. Um, and it it features some really talented voice actors that are pretty popular: J.K. Simmons, Jason Schwartzman. Um, J.K. Simmons won Best Supporting Actor in whiplash with both will which all three of us love he voices the klaus character in this film jason swarsman voices the mailman they have that great chemistry it's a cool unique take on the on the klaus uh unlike any other thing we've seen will yeah i just i thought it was a fantastic movie i love it was so dynamic all of the characters had such major plot developments the animation was cool you don't really see that 2d style much anymore but you know, when it's done well, it looks very artistic, and that was certainly the case in this movie. And then besides that, I just, there were a lot of great conflicting themes. I thought all of the Santa-related material was realistic compared to most Christmas movies. Yeah, like, he, it portrays Klaus originally as, like, a woodsman that's, like, a foreboding figure. Like, no one knows about him. He's kind of, like, he's a little bit like a hermit, which, which you can see... Um, it's not like the modern Santa Claus at all, who's like lives at the North Pole with all of his elves and builds toys. It kind of shows you how maybe that all started and why people interpret it as such now. Like he started out as a, as a hermit in the woods and like the snowy cabin. He did. He does make toys in the movie. Um, I won't spoil the ending for you. You can probably guess where it goes a little bit, but in the town, this remote like Icelandic type town that this this mailman goes to. That's kind of how it all sets off. He's like a rich boy that's been that his like allowance has been cut off and he has to do the like he has to do a good job for a year. There's a love interest. Um some pretty typical plot stuff, but in general the film takes a different direction with it, which is really cool. And it ends up being really heartfelt in the end and yeah, I I truly enjoyed the uh emotional nature of the film. It, it really tugs at the heartstrings for sure. This movie was nominated for uh, Best Animated Picture at the 2019 Oscars um, and unfortunately did not win, but... Damn it, Toy Story 4. That was still good, though. But 
I mean, I would really say that this is certainly a hidden gem when it comes to holiday movies. It, I think it's very slept on. Not a lot of people know about it. I think probably because it is like 2D animation and, you know, it's not the conventional popular film. But I thought the screenplay was just fantastic. It's also, it's this film is also readily available whenever you want to watch it. It's a Netflix original, so it's always going to be on Netflix. And I think over the next, the upcoming years, it's going to be more popular as a Christmas film. Just because there's so few that are actually really good that have high rewatch value. This has a high rewatch value, in my opinion. And it's good for almost all age ranges. It, it's just, it's, it's very age appropriate. Like I said, very realistic about Christmas. Um, it's It has a lot of humor to it, which yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah, it does. A lot of humor. Jason Schwartzman, his voice acting in that like carries a little bit of humor. For yes. Sure. yes. And J.K. Simmons. But also just the plot dynamics of them being in this, you know, far off European town that's kind of closed off from society that has a long history of, like, conflict between these two families... And it's just like this whole kind of fiasco that he needs to fix. Klaus and the main character, who's the mailman, really seek to turn this place around. And that brings me back to my original point, which is about the plot and character development, which is just fantastic. It's so dynamic of a movie. like It keeps you on your toes the whole time. And this movie, although it does like kind of explain the story of Christmas, most of the movie is kind of about how that comes about and isn't about so much christmas itself so i would say this movie you could also watch outside of the holiday season like the first time i watched it i saw it up on the oscars list and i was like i think it was february like it was past christmas time and and i i still enjoyed it just as a movie it's it's, it's very well done it's a i want to say it's kind of an indie film even though it's not like it was a big budget netflix animated project that just for some reason didn't get the love it deserved i don't think netflix really publicized it much but at this time of the year, it's you've got to watch it because it's it's easy to access and it's not super long. And there is certainly a shortage of good quality content holiday films, and this is certainly the case with the, with Klaus being a fantastic film. It, like John said, definitely very high rewatch value. It caters to the adult and yeah, child all age ranges really. And it's just it's so refreshing. To have a realistic Christmas film that, or at least to a degree realistic, you know, that actually makes sense with the whole Santa concept and doesn't necessarily break the laws of physics. So uh, that's that's our hidden gem of the week, Klaus. As we said, 2019 film, you can find that on Netflix. Just a great film. Um, Pete? Yeah, uh, just want to give a thank you to Will again. Always great to have him on the pod. Get some good insight on stuff that maybe I haven't seen. He definitely watches more than me, uh, as well as John. So I need to get on that. My fault, listeners. I'll get on that. I will watch Klaus. Uh, and that brings us to our Fiery Feces Flick of the Week. Or should I say Flicks of the Week. And we're just going to categorize this to a whole genre. And that is the Hallmark Christmas movies. Everyone knows them. Everyone's seen a few. I th- I'm pretty sure they make like 90 a year or something. Oh, yeah. It's, it's they make ridiculous. so... Yeah. Hallmark makes so many of these. It's the same plot every time. Yep. Uh, usually focuses on a female who is usually owns her own business or she's in a startup 
and this guy from her past comes and it's it's around some like when she was a little kid they yeah, were friends yeah, or yeah they were friends or something and they always set it around christmas they're always getting gifts and they run into each other in the store and you know she has that boyfriend who's pretty you know he he's just he's just an average joe you know he's usually just looks normal and she just leaves him for our main character the male lead yeah just the scripts are just terrible uh, usually have some actors that are subpar. Always have some actors. That are always have some actors that are subpar, but also implement actors from like old time actors. Uh, I know Adrian Grenier from Entourage, uh, as well as uh, Devil Wears Prada does a lot of them. Chad Michael Murray from One Tree Hill. You know those people who are, I wouldn't say trying to get back into the spotlight, but they had their time. Yeah, well, yeah. I wouldn't pick Hallmark movies as, a, as a, a means to get back to the spotlight. But they um, do it. They do it. They try anyway. Yeah. Um, I would describe these movies as stale and shameless because Hallmark knows that these movies are bad. They, they've they got to know that they may, they're not making good quality movies. Yeah. None of these movies ever receive any sort of critical acclaim in any sense of the word. Um, but because it's in the name of Christmas and, and the, the reason for the season... I'm sure there's some people that are very attracted to this like type of plot and are willing to watch these over and over and over. All you have to do is go to Hallmark. They'll be running constantly um, around this time, probably up through mid-January. And even Netflix has started carrying some of these types of movies and making some of these types of movies. I think because they're really cheap to make. And... Oh yeah, that that's a big th- that's a big thing. They are really cheap to make. They don't the cast and crew Hallmark owns them. So they don't have to, you know, contract out and like pay them separately. They're on a salary. A lot of their actors are recycled as well. They use recycled directors. So. I mean, it's it's the types of people that are probably getting paid like, it's like a day job. Like they're getting yeah, like yeah. paid like five thousand dollars every few weeks throughout the year to to make some some shitty movies. Yeah, honestly, and I mean the sets are definitely recycled. Uh, even you know the scripts have like we said the same elements and i think that's what makes them i mean I, i'm gonna call these movies bad like, yeah yeah i'm just gonna they're say terrible it. yeah they're not good i'd be curious to line them all up time wise like they're all probably about an hour and a half long maybe a little shorter and then about they, they the, like, usually they usually fit the, into a two-hour tv time slot I know yeah that. and about the like 15 to 20 minute mark before the end there's always that like scene in which either the the girl or the guy like gets upset about something or like there's some miscommunication in the, in the developing relationship after they've already kissed or whatever maybe they even have to go back to their old love interest their boyfriend like they feel obligated and a lot of these movies end in like airport type scenes yeah 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 you know it, it's it's kind of this situation that's like oh like this it, it, a lot of these situations just wouldn't happen yeah like, I'm, and, I'm gonna say like, and, and these movies also portray like some men and women as like I wouldn't want my kid to watch these types of movies if I had one over and over because it, it just portrays people in an unrealistic light. The the characters in these films are always pretty much perfect. Like the guys and yeah. girls are super attractive, always like mm. very sweet and heartwarming and successful. They're never malicious. There's no real evil to these yeah, films. No, it's always no. just the same. Like the conflict is some miscommunication or like or just like her past and she can't stop yeah, forgetting can't, about it. And like, or his past. Yeah, and you know, she's dating like the successful businessman. It's 
so so much recycled stuff in these you see it over and over i mean this is it's pandering yeah it really is and i i would call this just to entertain people who you know aren't looking for much in a movie like i hate to say it but people that don't know much about or appreciate cinema i I i'm not gonna say because everyone appreciates cinema differently i'm not gonna say no one has like less of a taste than others but if this was food then this would be like ramen noodles calling it sushi or something yeah yeah like it's 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 not (laughs) yeah it's definitely designed for people you know who spend time at home sit in front of tvs just looking for a good time a good like you know what's gonna happen in the movies the two leads are gonna end up together doesn't really end otherwise if you're looking for a heartfelt story but like if you're looking for like cinematic value and like even just seeing quality like you came to the wrong place like that's not hallmark movies at all especially the christmas ones and my advice would be like go watch klaus go watch elf for the 100th time because you're gonna get much more enjoyment out of that than these hallmark movies and you you see this similar type of plot in some rom-coms and stuff but this is always set at the christmas season or or it starts just after thanksgiving um it always has that reason for the season moment and the movies are so just like cheaply made and and hallmark appears to not even try to make these films yeah i mean i know they use outside writers and you can kind of just like send your stuff in which i i mean that i think that's why a lot of the scripts aren't up to par because they aren't writers there's people kind of doing it on the side and hallmark will maybe adjust oh no he went to the airport i need to go after him (laughs) yeah it's like it's like a lot of the a lot of the stuff in the script is super predictable and they're not using like professional writers they're just using normal people who are just writing on the side and there's a lot of like these movies are almost all based in the small towns yeah like one of the characters comes from the city and like goes to back to their small town where they grew up and you know their parents are there waiting for them yeah the parents the the parents are always in it there's always parents in it for some reason once again not everyone has two loving parents and you know and like even these characters being in their 30s like how often do they see their parents like it's just it's just not realistic and in some cases the parents like oh you haven't been home in years type of thing yeah but suddenly they're like often they might move back to the small town or like realize that that's that's where home Mm. is that's where the heart is um the city is not all it's cut out to be. Yeah, a lot of product placement too in these. Uh, yeah, it's it's a big it's a big method for just companies being like they'll maybe call Hallmark and be like, hey, get my get a Toyota Camry in the movie, it's and so you know you'll bad. you'll see a Toyota Camry. Like, don't want to like mark out the brands or anything. It's just a way for companies as well to get ads, which is honestly a shame. <laughs> like that's yeah, this is that's this, just not why you make movies. I would call Hallmark movies a low point in American cinema um they've been around for many years now oh yeah and they're gonna be around for many years to come because i just know that there's people that will keep watching them there is a i I wouldn't say a large audience but there's definitely an audience all they need is really an audience because it takes it probably costs like ten thousand bucks to make one of these movies yeah not not much they never go to theaters they're just on the hallmark channel yeah just turn them on uh i don't think there's been ever like a successful hallmark movie that went on to be received other places no no uh usually if stuff goes straight to tv that's not the case yeah uh they're made for tv like pete said cut out for the two hour ad time slot um the only goal with these movies is to make money and 
I guess if there's an audience, Hallmark has a right to keep making them. I mean, but we also have a right to keep shitting on them. So. Yeah, clearly. I mean, clearly they do make money off it, or else they wouldn't be making it. And like we said, the budgets are just so low, and they spend not much money on these at all. That if you know if they make it for two hundred thousand, they make two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, it's a win. And <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I'll click to the Hallmark channel and just be like. Oh, what's the story here? And what's, it's the what's same the bad one, one here. <laughs> <laughs> what's the bad it's movie funny. I'm watching If today, you're looking yeah. for comedy value and you... <laughs> I'd say maybe you could look to these movies just because it's the same thing over and over. But they're also not funny in any way. No, no. Uh, not really any comedic moments. Pretty straight-laced, bad acting. They're all acting. like romantic dramas. Yeah, yeah. Bad acting. Uh, the characters are faced with a really trivial problem. Just doesn't doesn't require much skill to overcome it or thought or anything. Just, you know, really unrealistic as well. Uh, so, yeah, those are Hallmark Christmas movies. Don't watch them. But if you see them on TV, get them for a good laugh. You know, they're funny. You can laugh at them for how bad they are. Yeah, uh, it's one of those laughing at them moments. Like yeah, yeah. With it's yeah, it's not like Tommy Wiseau. You know, we're not gonna laugh with you. <laughs> we're gonna laugh at you. Hallmark movie, Hallmark Channel. Uh, so that's gonna wrap up our show today. Uh, short episode. The holiday season. Want to end on a lighthearted note. Get you some Christmas movies to go back to. You may have heard of a lot of them. Maybe something like Klaus or Scrooge you hadn't heard of. So glad we could bring that to you. Uh, anything you want to say, John? I would just say all these movies that we mentioned are really popular, besides the Hallmark movies. They're all worth a watch when it comes to the Christmas season. If that time for you has already passed, then I guess wait till next year. But these these movies we wanted to talk about just because they're so popular, and there's a reason they're popular. You'll enjoy them. You can find them at the holiday season or on most streaming services or on TV. Next week, we're going to have a big episode. So next week, we're going to do our favorite movies of 2020. Really excited to get into this. Uh, definitely a low year for cinema, uh, just because theaters hadn't been open. A lot of stuff released on streaming, but there's still stuff there. Hopefully, we're going to have a guest for you. Uh, so, we're, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. And uh, Hubie Halloween super fan, if you're out there, I'd appreciate another email. Yeah, just let us know who you are. I'm uh, disappointed you cut off the correspondence. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so get back on that, Hubie Halloween super fan. And and that's a plug. If anyone else wants to email us, you can yeah. even send it in joke format. We appreciate the emails. Yeah, if you want to give us criticisms, praises, anything, we want to hear. If you want to even come on as a guest. Yeah, let us know. Uh, Pod at gmail.com. So signing off, I'm Pete. I'm John. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of Splash of Cinema.